Welcome to the Rugby Rant Podcast Show, your premier North American rugby podcast. Growing rugby, one fan at a time. And welcome back, Rugby Rant fans. It's the Rugby Rant. It's the big guy, Scott Ferrara. It's the Hammer, Rob Hammerschmidt. We're at episode 114, and I'm kind of fired up today. i got to be honest. We had a great weekend of rugby, Rob. I mean, we had repetrage, oh. you know, but, yeah, but yeah, our tournament to play in Hong Kong, uh, the Portuguese uh, 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 slot now Kenya, 88-nothing, I believe. Yeah. You had the women's final in the in the World Cup, which was a great friggin' match that but came down to the absolute nail biter. Came down to wow. you know, Portia Woodman. What she gets, she she gets uh, knocked out. Right mm-hmm. there's a yellow card or a red card, red and card. then her replacement comes in and scores the winning try. Mm-hmm. I mean, know? it was it was an insane. You had cut. You had collegiate teams. You had you know MLR things going on. I mean, it's it's just been insane. Um, man, it's, we've just had a really, really good weekend of rugby. And we're going to tell you a little bit more about it on Around the Pitch. So, Rob, we're going to we're going to let you hit off your first topic with Around the Pitch. What you got for us? Well, you mentioned collegiate rugby. Um, some a slate of great matches have happened over the last couple of weeks. For those that have been paying attention, uh, Indiana, uh, Luke Gross-led team, beat Ohio State, an absolute nail-biter as well, 22-20. to 20. So they won the Big Ten. Um, and keep in mind that this was without Will Chevalier and Noah Brown, two studs who are playing over in Hong Kong, playing in this, with the U.S. men's. Uh, Navy beat St. Bonnie's 28-8. That's pretty significant in the D1A landscape. Um, when it, another interesting one, Davenport beat LifeU two weekends ago, 23-10, and and that's significant. They have ended a 20-game drought to life, so that's of significance. Uh, Navy beat Army 27-14, so last year's national championships uh, champions went down not only to Army, or sorry, to Navy, but also to Lindenwood this last weekend in a big score, 36-7. It was a replay of the uh, semifinal from last year's national championship. It certainly sets up a great matchup this upcoming week. By the time this drops, you'll still have an opportunity to watch um, in a chilly Grand Rapids, Michigan. It's LU traveling to Davenport. There's some significant, um, you know, skin in the game in the mid, you know, in the mid South. So uh, stay tuned folks. If you're not paying attention to college rugby. You should be. And if you aren't paying attention to the Rugby Ramp bingo card, you can check off that Rob's reference to LU. Uh, the second thing I want to say <laughs> about that is Ding. go Navy, beat Army. Sing second, love when Navy beats Army. But I'm coming at you with, uh, it's Thursday night. It's Well, it's Monday night now. We're recording this episode now out on Thursday. The MLR schedules have come out. Oh, baby. Me and Rob are already making plans. And you can catch us next Thursday is our topic for the rant next Thursday. Not this, not tonight. Next Thursday is going to be breaking down some of those schedules, uh, and I, I can't wait. I can't wait. I oh, know man. for a fact that they're going to what they're going to do is they're going to have home and aways against your conference opponents. And you're going to play uh, everybody in the other conference at least once. Whether it's right. home away is, is, is yet to be decided until this, this uh, schedule comes out. And as of Monday night, I can only hope 
that uh, New Orleans has is coming up to Chicago to play the new team, whatever that may be, and hopefully we'll know again by the time this airs what the new team's name is and if that indeed will happen. April 4th. It'll be April 4th in Chicago. That's right. <laughs> that one I can do. It just can't be May 5th because my Hi, guy graduates. Ah. My guy graduates. That would be a problem. Big P, little hammer. Huh? Look at that. Yeah. That's awesome. So um, I'm going to take the next one. Um, you know, again, within the slate of all these international games, the Women's World Cup, uh, with these collegiate matches that are happening, that are setting up the NCR finals happening in Houston uh, in December, uh, we had the Midwest Championships. So real quick, uh, D1 men's Griffins over the Bombers. I was there for this match, and it was absolutely what you would want to see in a club, you know, championship match. It's a back and forth affair. It was fun to see. And I know guys on both sides of the ball. So I was, a, I was uh, particularly um, taken by this match. Then of course you had the D one women's, uh, the Valkyries uh, pulled it off. Congratulations to them. And I'm going to give a big shout out to the Chicago blaze rugby club and their defeat um, over the East side Banshees, 32 to 10, my guy, Jake Reed, a kid I coached in high school, put on an absolute show with two tries at number eight. Um, I think this is the first time in 25 years that the Chicago blaze, uh, have won the, the, um, Midwest championship. The last time they did it yours truly was, uh, playing lock as a matter of fact for the team. All right. Had to get that one in there. Uh, women's, uh, Milwaukee, uh, Skyla. Um, beat Detroit 71-22. D3 men's Detroit over Chicago Riot 64-22. Women's D3 uh, Festival, the East over the West 27-0. And a D4 action Red River over the Flint Rogues 59-5. Congratulations to all those teams that were victorious. And we'll see you guys in the spring for what should be a fun national championship run. Awesome. Got to love it. I'm going out to our neighbors in the North uh, Rugby Canada, the men's side. Uh, played the Netherlands for the first time ever uh, in their history, playing each other. Uh, Canada squeaks out a win, uh, 37-25. Uh, the reason I say squeaks out, the first 10 minutes were a little iffy. Um, Netherlands were, were dominating, uh, had dominated the opening scrum. Um, and, you know, kind of showed something. And I think it was just a case of Canada getting back on their feet. Um, you know, at the end, Netherlands did score two tries uh, as they uh, – out there put in their reserves but Canada came and, and won the won the day interestingly enough uh <laughs> this is weird the Netherlands had a yellow card um their winger collapsed a mall I mean how many times do you have wingers collapsing malls and getting carded for it I just found that to be very interesting um should, again, should we just tell wings to stay in their lane from now on like honestly don't know why he was in the mall in the first place to be honest right. when you see it you know, even if he's on the short side or whatever, like just play back and get ready just in case you lose it for a kick. I, I would, I would say, um, but yeah, it was weird. But anyway, guys, uh, really, really good rugby this weekend, really good topics. And we're going to hit you with a really good rant with one of our favorite ranters right after these words. Tighthead Brewing Company is not just Chicago's premier location to watch rugby and enjoy quality ales and lagers. It is also a great place to enjoy local acts performing live music every Thursday and Saturday nights. Additionally, their Wednesday night trivia nights are something not to be missed. Tighthead is located in Mundelein, Illinois, and easily accessible for many Chicagoans, and it is just steps away from the metro. 
Owner Brewster and the Tighthead staff are dedicated to ensure your microbrew experience is as tight as their beers. Bruce's love for rugby extends beyond the origin of his brewery's name. Tighthead is committed to supporting the rugby community. This includes his support for Lake County RFC and our own Rugby Rant podcast show. Tighthead's tap room is like the familiar rugby clubhouse in which friends and teammates can meet, socialize, and enjoy the wide variety of brews on tap. Regardless of whether your palate enjoys a good IPA or dark barrel-aged brew, Tighthead can deliver. Hey, Chicago, when you want rugby, Tighthead Brewing Company will satisfy your thirst. Tighthead, it's worth more than a try. And welcome back, Rugby Rant fans. You got the big guy, you got the hammer. And we have one of our favorite ranters in the house. First of all, lo- love he's spicy. Can we, just, he's, he's, can we just start hashtag, that up? This guy is spicy. Hashtag Feisty Fee is here today, David Fee. Welcome <laughs> back, brother. <laughs> Thanks, guys. Great to be back. Uh, always, uh, always a pleasure and uh, looking forward to it. Dude, uh, when we have Fee on, he's always dropping knowledge. He's always sparring with me and Hammer. Uh, we love it. This has to be his seventh or eighth appearance i think I'm yeah like, and we just we like to you know we're jock sniffers at heart so we just have to you know <laughs> do that on occasion <laughs> i mean look at all those jerseys in the background dude i'm yeah, so jealous a, a i mean my, i bought i bought mine but you know he actually like got his on the pitch or after at least the game was done <laughs> oh man again you know during covid i was able to remodel the basement so you know here, here we are yeah i mean it's way cooler than me all the all the all the friggin' kit I haven't worn. He's actually worn those or traded for those in a, in a game. Uh, me, I'm lucky if I have like the same underwear from college that I was using to play. Um, <laughs> anyway, uh, we're gonna talk. Uh, we're gonna rant a little bit about a topic that we haven't talked about uh, kind of in a few weeks, and that's the USA Eagles playing in the Repechage tournament in Dubai. Um, you know, we had uh, recently uh, USA beating Hong Kong 49 to seven. Prior to that, uh, they played Kenya, and I believe it was. 58 to 14. I can't remember off the top of my head. I'll have to check uh, America's rugby news.com to double check that. But um, we're going into a, a, a match with Portugal. That's a do or die match for us to get us into the rugby world cup uh, and get us in that last America's two position. That's coming up tomorrow. We record this on Monday. This comes out on Thursday. The game is on Friday. Cause God forbid they gave us a Saturday game. This pivotal one, uh, you know, instead of the can, Friday. Can match. I just, can I just talk about that for a minute? Cause uh, Fee and I were pretty close mates and, you know, in a group chat, we go back and forth and Dave's like, Hey, let's everybody get together at 10, 15 in the morning to watch the USA play at the Chicago blaze and play <laughs> on Friday morning. And I go, Hey, that's awesome. But you know, like some of us actually have to show up for work every day instead of, you know, um, <laughs> do paperwork if we can at our house and maybe move around our schedule a little bit and, you know, slack off on a Friday afternoon. Yeah, good thing yeah. my boss doesn't watch this. <laughs> <laughs> Dude, that would be hysterical. Dave's just going to get called right into work. But seriously, folks, kind of pissed off. Everybody knew this was going to be the match that it was going to kind of come down to. Um, but really, let's let's recap uh, uh, the matches. Um, so two weeks ago, again, uh, we're talking about the match um, against Kenya. And we're going to start off with Fee. Fee, how would you like that match? How did USA do? What could we, What could they work on? Uh, what what do you think they can continue to do to beat Portugal from that first match? 
Yeah, I mean, I think that there's a lot there. Um, you know, basically they came out and they, they handled business, right? I mean, they did what they needed to do, uh, put up a lot of points. You know, I think it was they scored 17 tries in the two games. Uh, I think they were darn near 100% on their scrums, 100% in their lineouts. Um, you know, I think Portugal did a little bit better than that. I think they had 19 tries and put up a little bit more in the points differential. But we knew it was going to come down to this last one. And I think, you know, the Port- Portuguese are going to be a lot like the, the Chilean game. And so, you know, as well as the Eagles did in those first two, you know, they're going to have to be spot on. You know, there was a lot of opportunities that I think they left on the board. And those are going to be the moments and the opportunities that they're not going to be able to to, to put away, you know, against the Portuguese team. They're going to be much faster, um, you know, much more competitive at the breakdown, uh, much better in their set piece. So, you know, those are possessions that we're going to have to be solid on. Um, you know, I thought it was great that we got a lot of guys opportunities. Uh, young Corey Daniel, that back rower, uh, Fana Schultz, I thought played well. Um, young Helu played well. So that, that back row stayed together and, and we were able to get guys minutes. I know the front row changed a little bit. And if you remember back to that Chilean series, it, you know, getting guys off the bench um, will, will prove valuable. So the fact that we were able to get a lot of guys minutes, a lot of guys times, um, and, and again, just more cohesion together. But at the end of the day, we knew it was going to come down to Saturday, this Portuguese game, and, and I'm backing our boys and, and I think they'll get it done. I think you're right. Um, I think they are going to come in on point. And, you know, what we saw between the two matches is especially uh, up front a little bit is some changes in the starting lineups. But I think a lot of these players are interchangeable. They're interchangeable when, you know, they're, they're coming in and playing test matches. They're interchangeable when they're coming in and playing meaningful tournaments like this freshman trash tournament to get us in. And the good part about it is you don't have to start guys and give them hard minutes especially in teams that, you know, you are going to beat by a large margin. You can get guys some playing time. Uh, and that's kind of what we saw a little bit in Hong Kong. You saw some guys switch on and off. You know, Dylan Fawcett had a big shift that first match. I mean, I think he scored a hat trick in the first 15 minutes. And then second match in Hong Kong, guess what? He's he's a, a, a reserve. No big deal. P- uh, Piffaletti comes in. He plays great in a, a great, amazing scrum. Uh, and you give the guys meaningful minutes. You give the guys meaningful rest to come together and say, all right, who's going to have the best week of practice? Who's going to be our starting hooker for Portugal? And knowing that even if your starting hooker isn't maybe up to snuff when he's on the pitch, you can make that change at, at halftime, and all of a sudden you got almost a new team. Hammer, what are your thoughts about the first two matches? Well, I hit, first of all, I had a little bit of a concern early on in the Kenya match because I think it was at the 20-minute mark that we scored the first try and put points on the board. So, uh, And that was indeed uh, Dylan Fawcett from the back of a mall. Um, the concern there is you, you think that, uh, that a team like the United States versus a team like Kenya, the United States would be able to score a little bit quicker. I think they got frustrated in those first 20 minutes until they got their score under the belt. And once they got that, I think the team got rolling a little bit and that was good to see. I definitely like the fact that they were kind of forced into playing some of their younger players. Remember, I, I, I think it's been said that collectively in order to win a world cup and I'm no, under no illusions at the United States that I believe they're, they're going to win a world cup. It would be good to see them get out of pool play. I think that's the gotta be the goal, but to be competitive, you've got to have something like, I think it's 350 caps collectively on your team. So, you know, it is nice to be able to this repishage tournament against a team like Kenya to get some of those young guys caps. And again, I, I really thought Corey Daniel played particularly well in the Kenny game. It was good to see him get quality minutes in both these two games. That being said, moving on to Hong Kong, it was kind of a trap game 
right? Because you're expected to beat the snot out of uh, out of Hong Kong, in spite of the fact they're number 24 in the world rankings versus you know USA at number 19. So you expect to win, but you, you, I just was hoping like let's score early and and slowly keep the scoreboard ticking over, slowly accumulate points, and just continue to gain confidence. And that was the one thing that I think they were able to do in the Kenya match is. You know, I think they scored at the 12 minute mark and the first try with with Jamison. Um, and then they slowly built the lead. So it was 28 ho and uh, 28 zero and a half. And that was the other piece that I took away from that Hong Kong match. Yes, I realized that Hong Kong is a better opponent than or sorry, is not as good of opponent as Chile. But we were up 19 nothing against Chile, I think, at the 25 minute mark. And then we gave up that game in Glendale. And so it was good to see them actually put away a team and not let the nerves kind of get to them and slowly build the lead and have continued success throughout the game. And I wonder, it seems to me, and this is just my opinion looking at things, sometimes USA starts off slow when they're traveling to play somewhere. I don't know why. Uh, to me, that seems like a preparation thing and it drips down from the top. And maybe that's a knock on you know, coaching staff and people, you know, people up there and then it's dripping down. And here's the kicker. What you said about not closing out games, that comes directly from the top. You know, there's a killer instinct that the top guys have to have outside of the team, you know, the coaching staff, the administrators to say that this is, we're going to play hard nosed rugby for 80 friggin' minutes. There is no stopping. We were scoring. We were going to score at will and you have to kind of carry it like that. And it's just interesting to me that you see those two things kind of always lingering in some of these Eagles teams. Well, um, and, and, and you mentioned it coming from the top down and, and, and the coaching staff, you know, Mario Ledesma, Plumtree, you know, in, in from, you know, Argentina and, and the All Blacks. I mean, th- that's a nice addition, uh, you know, and, and what have we said that these guys really need more of all along? Time, right? And so now they're building a little bit of cohesion. Yeah. Um, they have a lot of, you know, positive influence coming in. And that's why I think, you know, our guys are primed for it, you know, this weekend. Dave, now I don't mean to interrupt, but I think the big guy, dare I say it, has really got a good point here. Um, I got to give credit where credit is due, but I think Dave can provide some perspective. You know, you've played, had to, be, you've you've had to play in some of those wave matches. I know you've played in some like horrible situations just in terms of going away in South America playing. I think you played in Mexico City, and you played in some other situations. Just provide the fans who you know. Uh, we're we're lucky to play D one or you know sorry D two D four D three or maybe even D two, you know how difficult is it to get out of you know an international competition to to play away like that and prepare for an away match? Well, we'll see what Ty does on the fact checking there, but uh, you know in, in in the background. Um, but 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 I think you know one of the things you know you mentioned is these guys are coming together and you know, there's a lot of negative talk, you know, on, on the Reddits of the world, right? I mean, John Collins, a, a, a big Reddit fan. I know he's following it, you know, daily <laughs> and then uh, listening to all the banter there, but you know, there's a lot of, and negative- he watches the show just to be careful. <laughs> so he does watch it, but you know, there's a lot of negativity around the team. And, and that's For something sure, I boy. think that, that brings these guys together. I mean, I remember in 2003, you know, when we lost to, to the Uruguayans and the Chileans and had to go to the repertoire and do it, it, it it was a lot of negativity, right? I mean, it, it was unfortunate that we lost to Chile, but those extra games against Spain, I think, really benefited us. And then we went on and had, you know, arguably one of the, our better World Cups that we've ever had. And, right. and, and this buildup, I think, is good for them. And I think this team is coming together. 
Um, and again, I think, you know, it's us against the world and, and our, their backs are against the wall. And I think they are coming together. And, you know, again, they did the things they needed to do against Hong Kong and against Kenya to put themselves in a position now against Portugal. So, again, I think I think the guys are coming together as a unit. Um, you know, it's not necessarily a home game for anybody there in Dubai. Right. And, and so, you know, but the Portuguese are a professional side and, and I don't want to take them lightly. You know, I would have expected that we'd be, you know, Chile as well, you know, with the squad we have. Um, Portugal is going to be faster. They're going to be harder. They're going to be, you know, quicker. They're going to be better tactically kicking. Right. So we're going to have to be better in the, in the penalty area. Um, we'll have to be better. But I still think all with all, everything I'm saying, the time these guys have had together, the additional coaching um, and, and again, those guys coming together over the last month um, is, is going to pay dividends for them. And can I just say to your point, David? <laughs> about it's us against the world perspective from this team. I think that was reflected um, in Facebook uh, after um, after the, the Cheetahs game, maybe, that they were playing in South, South Africa. Um, a few people were taking snipes at the scrum half position, and if I'm not mistaken, Cam Dolan had some sharp words in response, um, you know, kind of arguing the same thing you did, saying, hey, look, we haven't had much time together. That's what this is about. You know, when we have a proper buildup and we have a proper preparation process. Uh, we perform much better in comparison to the Chiles and the Uruguays, who essentially in their professional game are playing together, uh, you know, for what are the two teams down there? Um, Campania is. It? Yeah. Uh, so, you know, I think that's reflected like guys on the team are reflecting that frustration um, that fans are having in regards to their performance um, as of late. Yeah. And, and you add in, you know, some of the, the turmoil of, of, you know, some of their situations within the MLR. Right. And again, this, this is, this is what they're rallying around, right. They're rallying around this effort, you know, let, let's qualify, let's get our country into the world cup and then we'll worry about everything else later. You know, it's funny. We were talking about Dave's uh, preparation and the conditions he might've had to try and prepare in, but correct me if I'm wrong, Dave, uh, was it? Listen, a, Scott. Hold on, hold on. Wait, 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 hold on. I know where you're going. I know where you're going. Go ahead. Didn't you score against Brazil five times in Chile? And I think it was 03 or 02 on the seventh circuit? On the seventh circuit, I actually led the tournament in scoring. I had 13 tries. And did, but didn't you have five tries in one match I, as well? Six. Is that correct? I, six, 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 six against Brazil. I told you we were jack sniffers. Yeah. And uh, in, in Chile. So my point is, Dave Fee goes out to Chile and, and properly plans and forms you know, being the top try scorer now but that's seriously i think one of the things that i like to see that was leading up to this tournament was the fact that they did split that falcon squad and that one falcon squad that was in south yeah. america was all young guys that were being blooded and what have me and rob said on the show thousands of times the reason france is up to where they are is because two years ago they said screw the six nations we're going to start blooding our younger guys earlier to get them experience and get up to that 350 cap team level so that by the time the World Cup rolls around and we're hosting it, all those guys are now the best in the world. And what are we seeing? We're seeing them do just that, correct? So obviously not the thing you want to do, I would per se, coming up into a World Cup year. Right. But if you can split a squad and have these guys, in, and let's let's be honest, that, that, that Falcons B-side, we'll call them in South America, got lambasted but guess what they got valuable minutes valuable experience and they did put up some points you know so i think we're, we're starting to show that we can get things done and still move forward and and to the point earlier that i think both you guys hit upon in one way or another isn't there value in and of itself by taking a group of young guys 
to South America, to some places that we know we're going to have to travel to in 2027 or in the preparation for 2027 and 2031 in order to, well, we'll qualify in 2031 automatically as soon as we get the bid. But nevertheless, in 2027, we're going to have to play some of those countries. We're going to have to play some hostile environments. And there's value in bringing some of those guys into that environment so they know what kind of expectations lay ahead of them and they can mentally you know, prepare for that process. 100%. Exactly. Um, so going back to the to the past two matches, obviously our set pieces have been going doing well. Um, obviously, you know the scrum has just been dominant. Uh, will it be dominant? It's going to be dominant against the Lobos in Portugal. Um, that remains to be seen. You know, you have to realize again. We talk about time. How long has this Portuguese team been playing together? I know their uh, their nine ten combination. I believe has been playing for quite a long time, and I think their back three have also been playing together. For well, yeah, I was going to say, you know, and, and, you know, that Portuguese team this year, I think, you know, they, they lost to Italy, um, 38-31, which that mm-hmm. Italian team obviously went on and, uh, you know, did some great things this past weekend against Australia. Um, you know, they played the Georgians, uh, you know, so, you know, they, they played some good games together, you know, to your point, Scott. Um, and, and that's why they're going to be a formidable opponent, for sure. And, and. And even to take that one step further, if you look at what happened uh, with Portugal against Kenya this last weekend, I mean, that Manuel uh, Cardoso Pinto, I mean, he sliced through that, you know, opposition defense of Kenya's uh, like a hot knife through butter. I mean, it was impressive. Now, that may not be the same defense that the U.S. are going to put, you know, put up against him. But my concern about this upcoming match on Friday is the fact that we saw what a, a sharp Chilean fullback could do to the defense when they're not cohesive and when they're not, you know, tuned in. I mean, they have the ability to really carve up the defense. Um, so that's a guy that I got to that that if I'm Gary Gold, I'm I'm, you know, telling the boys, hey, let's put a marker on him. Definitely. Yeah. I, I think. Oh, sorry, Dave. Go ahead. No, no, no. Go ahead, Scott. Um, I think, and this, I've been saying this now for the past couple of matches, and this isn't a knock on Paul Mullen, but he needs to bring that snarling. I haven't seen it recently. I don't know why. I mean, I want the Paul Mullen who's going to slap the opposing prop and then beat the shit out of him in every scrum. I want him snarling and foaming at the mouth because we need to play smash mouth. We need to grind them down. And by this time, the second half comes. We need their will to be on the field, not to be there. And Paul you just Mullen can't throw can the guy's shoe that. away. Listen, that was kind of funny. I got to be honest. Everybody was like, oh, it's poor rugby form. But let's be honest. Out of all the things you could do, that's poor rugby form. It was kind of funny. Um, but no, but I got to be honest. And that's not a knock on the, him, his playing style or him not giving 100%. He has dialed it back. And I think it's, you know, because he doesn't want to get into disciplinary issues. That makes sense. But I think this is one of those times where you kind of got to throw caution to the wind. And ride that line between I'm coming in hard and I'm coming in clean, but I'm coming in hard and clean. You know what I mean? Yeah. And I imagine he'll be paired the, the way he was for Hong Kong, you know, with Piffaletti and Ianu, um, as opposed to with, um, you know, Fawcett right. and, uh, the old right. glory, uh, Escaro, uh, Right. So I'm anticipating oh, yeah. it'll be that, you know, I, th- I think the lineups will be posted tomorrow, but I imagine it'll be Ianu and uh, Piffaletti with Mullen, you know, who's been in that three Jersey, uh, you know, in that front row. Uh, and we'll see how they front up against, you know, what will be a very strong, you know, Portuguese scrum. I mean, I think, I think they match up very well. I mean, we know, we know that they can play as a unit up front. 
for all the ta- talk about playing time and this and the other thing, the six guys that they really are using in the rotation are one, two, and three have played together a lot on the Eagles, you know? So while maybe they haven't played recently together prior to, prior to this, this, this run up, they do know each other. I mean, they, they do play on the Eagles. They do go to camps together. So I do think that sometimes we talk about not playing together cohesively is due to timing. But I think in the, in especially the tight five, because you have guys like, you know, Cam Dolan's up there. You have uh, Greg Peterson up there. You have CC Mahoney up there. Those combinations of players have been playing together for a while now. So I think it's more in our nine, 10 in our backs as we have these young guys in. That's more of the issue. Yeah, the difference between then and 2003 is our guys had to go back and be teachers and, 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 <laughs> and carpenters. And, and, you know, now these guys get to go back and train and be actual rugby players. So, you know, yeah. <laughs> it's a little bit of a difference, but, but yeah. <laughs> Absolutely. And I mean, if you ever, if you watch Paul Mullen's social media, the dude's like running up mountains like Rocky and shit. It's insane. <laughs> I love that dude. Um, so we're, again, we're going into Portugal. Uh, was it uh, uh, 1130 Eastern, 1030 Central or 1030 Central, 930 Eastern? Uh, AM Friday morning. Um, going to be on TRN. I believe we've all been happy with the coverage so far. Let's just cut into a little comment on that. You guys agree TRN has been good coverage? Yeah, absolutely. You know, the only thing that's been a little bit shocking for me as I watch and is, you know, that that pitch, that stadium in Dubai is a class stadium. They host the Sevens tournament, but it's pretty clear that it's not really a great pitch for 15s. Like it's taken some serious abuse because of the scrummaging component and some of the set piece play that it probably is not accustomed to getting in, in, in a seven, a, a seven series tournament. Um, so I was a little bit shocked about just how much of the turf was coming up and will that impact? I mean, they can always move the scrum, but will that impact, you know, play a little bit and the ability to, for a stronger scrummaging team to get some leverage. Well, let, let's well, ask fact, the guy who's done this. I was going to say the fact that it's an empty stadium is, you know, it, it, it's just odd, right? I mean, you yeah, it is odd. And just nobody there. Not, you know, not that there was many people watching, you know, in, in, in a lot of the games, you know, when, when we were playing, but, but just to have, you know, literally no crowd, it seems, it seems a tad odd, right? It does, but I, you do hear people in the crowd. So I wonder if it's just a, uh, um, just on one side camera, camera placement, you know, there you go. Yeah. so, that could be it. They just can't put the cameras on the other side and they sold tickets on this side. And it probably has to do with which way the, uh, the shade comes over on that stadium. Cause let's be honest, you want to be in the hot sun in Dubai all day, regardless of, of the season, right. uh, watching, you know, a couple matches. Um, so I, honestly, that's a good question. Do you now not knowing anything about grass and not being a, a, you know, a gardener, you think they probably have to overwater that grass because of the climate. And now it's going to affect the scrums. That's an interesting Interesting look. I actually didn't think about that, and I'm the guy who always talks about scrummaging. So good. good yeah, and I, I bet they have like a sand base underneath it, you right. know. So, so it probably is getting chewed up Closer. a little bit. You know, as Hammer's saying, uh, you know, seeing the scrums. The nice thing is that you know it's it's not like the scrums are always in the exact same spot. <laughs> right. That's the thing. Um. So one one thing I wanted to talk about. Um, we were talking about conversions um talk about kicking prior to this we we're talking about aj mcginty specifically because hammer was just uh hitting me with stuff because you know when he's when he when dave's feisty hammer's feisty and i gotta deal with him like two little children but i think um what what are we going to need to do here are we going to are we going to take the points if we can get them or are we going to try and overpower 
the Portuguese with our set piece? What, what would you guys going into this? What would your game plan be? You know, you know, I think you every, every point's going to count. Um, so, so I, I think we take them at every point we get, I think penalties will come into this, you know, the Portuguese, much like the South American teams are going to be phenomenal kickers. So if we are in ill-disciplined, you know, if, 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 uh, you know, Mahoney does decide to, you know, go clear somebody out and, you know, we come down to, you know, 14 guys, you know, God forbid, I mean, we're going to be up against it. So we're going to have to be incredibly sharp just around the breakdowns and, and being smart with our penalty count, because again, these guys will pin the corners and, and put, you know, points in anywhere in our half. So we'll have to be incredibly disciplined. Um, but, but I do think, you know, AJ will take points for us too. We'll, every point's going to cut, you know, is going to count as we saw in those Chilean games. Um, and I expect us to take points if we have a chance for it. Uh, bonus points for tries don't matter, right? Because at, at this juncture, it's who wins and, you know, who's going to be the winner. That's going to determine who's through and who is going to sit at home in 20, you know, 23. So quite frankly, I think you take the points when you can give them, get them. You uh, keep the scoreboard ticking over because, quite frankly, I think for the United States, that adds confidence that they can build up, you know, three, six, nine, 12, you know, put a try in there. Um, that'll give them confidence moving forward. Um, and, and that's what the, the USA needs, uh, you know, moving into the second half. If they can be on top of the scoreboard in the second half and keep the, you know, keep this uh, on top of the, the scoreboard in the first five to 10 minutes of the second half, I think that, that that'll be super helpful for the United States. Definitely. I, I agree. I think we kick if we had the chance. Um, although when they ran that fake mall to Dylan Fawcett, it was just very effective and they've run that against better competition where it's been effective. So I think if you can utilize that um, with Piffoletti as well, I think Piffoletti can run that play very well as well. So maybe it's one of those uh, instances where you get a couple malls to keep modest and then you run that fake mall end around play to the two coming up that gap and, you know, scoring a try, when you, when you need it most, I think we've got to rely well, on some of those plays. Well, and don't you know, like in between the, the half half mark and the 40, you know, if, if you get a penalty out on the edges of that, don't you say, all right, let's kick for touch and try the rolling mall and try to put a try in there. But if we get points in front where we know, you know, we're going to get them and, and it's not going to sail wide and we're going to, you know, it's going to deflate us because we missed an opportunity to put more points up. I think that's where you start to make the decisions where, where the penalties happen, we're on the, we're on the pitch and, and where do we get opportunities to take easy points versus get an opportunity, put one in the corner and, and get that rolling mall going and put, you know, even bigger points up. Well, it'll be situational too, right? I mean, if we're chasing the game and, right. and, and, and you know, then we're going to have to be going for it. And, you know, again, bringing in guys like Mario Ledesma, I would, I would anticipate, you know, and Scott nailed it. Our, our mall has looked good, but it's looked good against Hong Kong and, and, and Kenya to date. And I just think, you know, Portugal is going to offer a, a much tougher challenge. Oh, I think they're, I absolutely think they're going to offer a tougher challenge, but like I said, I think it's more of, if you want to put it in football terms, you run the ball, you run the ball, then you run the play action, right? You know, keep them honest to say, we know we're strong in this. We think we could beat you in this. And then we run that quick pop pass back to the, back to the hooker. And all of a sudden, maybe there's some room or maybe the hooker gets it out wide. Because I got to be honest, when you're talking about the USA Eagles, Piffoletti and Dylan Fawcett can throw skip passes that you wouldn't believe. I mean, I've seen, I've seen Dylan Fawcett throw behind the back passes. I see him throw through the legs passive that are going for tries. And Piffoletti has the same, the same passing ability. Uh, so it's it's not always just take the ball and run up forward. These guys now have the ability to do things uh, that that can generate you know electric plays. 
Uh, so real quick, we'll go around uh, the horn, start with Dave, then Robin, give our opinion what the scoreline is going to be. Dave. Ooh, scoreline. Uh, 31-22 Eagles. 31-22 Eagles. I like that. I like that. 53-point 50, total. That's not bad. I like that. Rob? Uh, 31-27 Eagles. I like that, too. I think I think we're going to need to score those points. We're going to need to get up there. I don't think it's going to be that 10-17 kind of match. I think both teams are going to be really looking for points whenever they can, so they're going to be scoring. Um, if I if I was a bookmaker, I definitely this would be a, a you know a minus seven to Portugal. Um, a lot of the tier two fans worldwide online are saying Portugal is going to steamroll the Eagles. I got to be honest, that's what the talk is, especially early on after that eighty eight to, to nothing beating. I do think, as a little counter to that, sometimes the United States does not necessarily run their offense to score all the time versus when they're up by a lot. They take some situational things to practice on in the game. That seems to be my opinion based on some of the, the, the actions they take where you're like, why don't they just, you know, go for points there? Why don't they just, you know, try and, you know, have, have the foresight to, to go for a try. Uh, they kind of take it situa- situationally when they're up by a lot versus just scoring, scoring, scoring like the Portuguese did. I do think USA is going to win. I think it's going to be slight. I think it's going to be a 28, 25 uh, match. And man, this is going to be a fun one. I don't know. My boss is not going to be happy with me as I'm screaming in my <laughs> office like a madman. Um, I'm going to have to put my AirPods on. I'm going to have to lock my door. I'm going to have to put my shade down on my window because my boss has done that. He's on the window floor because I'm on the ground floor. Um, so this is going to be really exciting. Again, TRN, um, great coverage so far. We've gotten to watch a lot of great matches, a lot of great rugby from the USA Eagles. Can't wait. Um, man. I love this game. I love this sport. This is what it comes down to. I'm getting the tingles just thinking about this match and uh, what it means for us to get to the World Cup. I believe the only World Cup we have missed as a men's Eagles team is in 95 prior to Dave Fee. And the only uh, Rugby World Cup that the Portuguese have made was in 07. So, you know, we have a track record here of of getting there. So let's continue to do so. Um, But, guys, thank you so much, Dave. It's always a pleasure having you on the show, Hammer. Always a pleasure to do this every week with you, and I, I'm glad to call you guys friends because we can bullshit afterwards and talk about how your your guys' bears are kicking the shit out of my guys' Green Bay Packers right now. You know, <laughs> take take it take it while you can. Yeah, yeah, uh, I don't but, know if that's a great win for us right now. <laughs> <laughs> hey, we beat Dallas. That's all that matters. Um, but anyway, guys, thank you so much again, Dave. Always appreciate it, uh, and we'll see you, rugby fans, at the next one. <laughs>